When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, one and all, to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's 420, and you know what that means. That's right, it's National Lima Bean Respect Day. That's right, the world's most respectable edible. Today's all about getting baked beans. Remember, you don't have to like lima beans today, but you damn sure better respect them. <laughs> you take off your hat when you eat that bean, mister. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. The more you eat, the more you salute. <laughs> now, I'm serious. As we always do on this solemn day, let's take a look at the official lima bean respect day timeline. <laughs> As you can see, in the 1500s, lima beans are discovered. Next major event, 2000s, National Lima Bean Respect Day. <laughs> just those two, just those two. They spent the 500 years in between getting shoved under the mashed potatoes. <laughs> now, for, the, for those of you uh, less respectful of the bean, 420 is also the unofficial holiday for marijuana. Now, okay. Time for all you doobie-loving potheads to get up to your usual smoky hijinks, folding laundry and hoping half a gummy will help you fall asleep. <laughs> Party! This year is a, is a big one for 420 because new polling shows 37% of Americans say they use weed, while the remaining 63% say they were just holding it for a friend. <laughs> and... The tide seems to be turning on legalization. Two-thirds of Americans want recreational marijuana use to be legal under federal law and in their own state. Now, if you smoke, obviously you want it to be legal, but even among those who say they never use marijuana, a majority favor legalization. Well, that makes sense. Marijuana is tame compared to other controlled substances. Its most dangerous side effect is making hacky sack seem like a sport. <laughs> now, legalizing marijuana could also help fight racism because black people are 264% more likely than white people to be arrested for cannabis possession, even though they use at similar rates, okay? That stat comes from a true authority on recreational marijuana, the Twitter feed of Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> You can trust, you can trust that information because no one knows cannabis like the guys who invented fish food, Cherry Garcia, and Stephen Colbert's Americone Dream. Mm. Mm. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm. 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 My glaucoma is getting better already. <laughs> mm. All proceeds to charity. Of course, 
The trippiest truth about marijuana is that even though it's legal in 37 states, recreational marijuana use remains illegal at the federal level because GOP lawmakers still oppose legalizing weed. Come on, Mitch McConnell. Don't be a square. <laughs> or whatever shape you are. <laughs> I want to say decorative gourd. <laughs> One. My doctor says it's one of the best sources of, of waffle cone chunk. <laughs> one bright spark in this week's news bowl is that New Jersey is about to begin adult recreational cannabis sales. That is exciting news. That is exciting news, but it means New Yorkers will have to do the unthinkable, drive to New Jersey on purpose. <laughs> the move is overwhelmingly supported by state residents who can now look forward to Jersey-specific strains like John Bong Jovi, <laughs> Bruce Springstrain, Joint Stewart, and, of course, Stony Soprano's Ganja Ghoul. The weirdest part... <laughs> weirdest part of the story is that Jersey will start sales tomorrow on 421, <laughs> the day after 420. What, are they high? <laughs> That's not legal till tomorrow. Not everybody in the hydroponic garden state might get to enjoy the Mary Jane. Because at a press conference, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy said he's open to changing the rules to effectively bar police officers from getting high while they're off duty. It's all part of Governor Murphy's plan to defund the police. <laughs> but you gotta be careful. Sure. Why not? I thought that was worth that. I thought that was worth that. You got to be careful you're getting cannabis uh, in the form of edibles because experts say copycat packaging of popular snacks could lead to dangerous mix-ups with your edibles. Take a look at one of these actual packages. Those aren't regular Doritos you eat when you're high. They're Doritos you eat when you want to get high. And I can't believe they went with nacho cheese flavor and completely missed the obvious, are you cool, ranch? <laughs> Snack makers are not happy about this. One spokesperson for the National Confectioners Association, which is a real thing, said this, many cannabis edibles companies are overstepping on marketing in an egregious way. Careful. We've all seen what happens to people who piss off candy makers. <laughs> now, I need a cup of coffee. I need a... Now, not all the nugs are diggity-dank, as the cool kids definitely say. <laughs> in fact, the folks at Vice News decided to look for the worst weed in the world, which is evidently a Paraguayan variety called Paraguayo. It's compacted into a brick to make it easier to smuggle, often mixed with marmalade to help it stick together and compact. Marmalade marijuana is, of course, the kind favored by Pottington Bear. <laughs> and... If jammy ganja wasn't gross enough, the gangs who press the bricks regularly leave the seeds inside, which release a urinish smell into the marijuana, which could be tough to explain. Matthew, are you smoking weed in there? 
No, Mom, it's fine. Uh, me and my buddies are peeing on each other. <laughs> it's for a school project. <laughs> Congress. Congress, this would be a great year to legalize cannabis nationally because I think we all need a little something to take the edge off. So far, this year, all edge. <laughs> for instance, we're almost eight weeks into Putin's attack on Ukraine. After a brief lull, Russia launched a massive assault on the eastern Donbass region that the Kremlin calls another phase of its Ukraine invasion. Oh, sure, just another phase Putin is going through. This year, it's war crimes. Last year, it was goth. <laughs> Since invading, Russia has taken heavy losses both militarily and economically, and reportedly, Kremlin insiders are now alarmed over the growing toll of Putin's war in Ukraine. Careful. Kremlin insiders have a way of becoming Kremlin outsiders, especially if they're sitting near a window. <laughs> now, to avoid hearing from a bunch of Dmitry Downers, Putin has isolated himself further, relying on a narrowing circle of hardline advisors. Only the most feared and despised remain around Putin's giant table. Joseph Stalin's mustache, the guy who killed John Wick's dog, Shake from Love is Blind, Bridgerton's Lord Featherington, the MyPillow guy, but of course, Putin's cruelest advisor is Potato. <laughs> Speaking... Long walk. Long walk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm walking. Yes, indeed. Speaking of couch potatoes, Netflix, today, their stock price dropped over 35% after they announced they had lost 200,000 subscribers. That's a lot. Explains why they've changed their pop-up message from, are you still watching, to, come back, please, I can change. Do you want DVDs again? <laughs> Netflix is blaming the loss of subscribers on a combination of factors like the growth of competitive services. Yeah, they're not the only game in town anymore. It used to just be, you know, Netflix and chill. Now you can HBO Max and relax. <laughs> Hulu and woohoo. <laughs> and Peacock. Netflix, Netflix used to, used to go, uh, really? Really? I'm surprised. Yeah. Slightly surprised. Netflix used to be the go-to spot for big TV and film, but now other streamers have taken back a lot of stuff that used to run on Netflix and put it on their own services. Yeah, like Star Trek. That used to be on Netflix. Now it's exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Paramount Plus, a mountain of reruns we never thought you'd pay for. <laughs> Netflix is also blaming the subscriber slowdown on password sharing and vowing to crack down. What? Absolutely not. You have the legal right to use your ex-girlfriend's password until she gets married. Then you return it to her as a wedding gift. <laughs> we got a great show for you tonight. More Late Show Poncho after this. God, we got two, two, two of my favorite buddies are on the show tonight. Alexander Skarsgård. Oh, yeah! Alexander Skarsgård in the his house. Who's the star, uh, star of, of the new movie, uh, The Northman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of abs in that movie. Oh, is he, he's showing it yeah, off. Yeah, he's got, he's got like a seven-pack. Oh, yeah. Got to sell yeah. them tickets. Oh, know. you got to. <laughs> Nothing like a little, you know, little butt to put those butts in the seats. <laughs> That, that's a, that's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Always fun to talk to. And uh, brilliant musician Jack White is going to be here tonight. 
Folks, there's news from Florida, AKA America's skin tag. <laughs> we really gotta get that looked at. Probably benign, but worth checking out. There's, there's a fight brewing, you see, between Disney and Florida governor and man learning not to feed his snapping turtle pantsless, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> uh, governor DeSantis is upset because uh, Disney has vowed to help have Florida's don't say gay bill repealed. And... DeSantis... DeSantis wants Disney to return to celebrating traditional family units, one woman and seven dwarves as God intended. So, yesterday, DeSantis moved to strip Disney of self-governing power. Now, what is Disney's supposed self-governing power? Well, since 1967, Disney's been responsible for local governance in and around Disney World, an area known as the 25,000-acre Reedy Creek Improvement District. In there, the company oversees environmental and land use rules, maintains all public roads, and provides fire and emergency services. Now, some, some question whether a private company should be allowed to self-govern, but Disney's done what no other company has, captured every single president. <laughs> DeSantis made his threat yesterday morning, and Republican lawmakers delivered, quickly advancing a pair of bills targeting Disney within hours. Now, this, this seems like a bit of an odd decision by the supposedly pro-business party, especially considering Disney is Florida's largest private employer. Not only that, Disney's also the reason anyone goes to Florida. <laughs> Other than spring break and to die. <laughs> DeSantis also wants to make Disney subject to a state law that allows people to sue big tech companies for censorship, okay? So no more censorship, Disney. We demand you release the Lion King butthole cut. <laughs> it's the circle of life. Coming up, Alexander Skarsgård. My first guest tonight is an Emmy Award-winning actor you know from True Blood, Big Little Lies, and Succession. He now stars in the new movie, The Northman. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> good to see you again. It's good to see you again. It's been it's, a while. It's always nice to have you here. It's particularly nice to have you here because I wanted to thank you in person Aww. for something that you did for me well, over a year ago, a year and a half ago, because yeah. it's been a while since you've been on yeah. here because of COVID, is that for the people out there who don't know, I, I did a part on a show called Girls 5 Eva where I played uh, a Swedish music producer named uh, Alf Music. <laughs> Alf music. Alf, Alf music. I, ooh. Uh, Alf music. There you go. <laughs> I actually haven't seen. <laughs> Never saw it. No. no. But I, uh, I, I, I knew I didn't want to do. I, I called you up because I yeah. didn't want to do like Swedish Chef. No. I didn't want like. No. So I wanted something that was identifiably Swedish, but not super over the top. And you did. The, you were on your way home for Christmas, right? I was in Stockholm, in uh, South Stockholm, where my where I'm from. Yeah. I was at a local coffee shop when you called. Yes. I guess you figured like I need a Swede. I know one Swede. I'll call <laughs> Alexander. You're my go-to Swede yeah, if I need you like ask... you know meatball recipes yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Can I if I want to be your uh, dialect coach? Right. And, and you I was more than happy to oblige. You couldn't have been nicer. You said. You said, actually, could I call you later tonight and I might be drunk, 
because <laughs> you had some party to go to, but you couldn't be better. You recorded every line for me, and I, and I did my best. I don't know if you got a chance. You clearly didn't get a chance. I, I have not uh, heard it. Uh, I haven't seen it, and heard, so I'm, I'm sort very curious to, like... Sorstroming. Sorstroming? Sorstroming. Sorstroming. Very good. Okay. I, I did a very good job on that one. What's, like, the, the acid test for, for well, like, so saying the, Swedish the, word? The master class would be... <laughs> It means uh, seven seasick sailors. So, what's the worst first word? <laughs> what? Just get, like <laughs> my like ear, a, like my a gun ear punch. will receive it. Seasick. <laughs> Yeah, Now put them together. Adamant, you like I'm not gonna sound like Swedish chef. Here we go. More than happy to oblige. Um, I could help. Alexander Skarsgård, let's get down to the heat of the meat here. I have seen your new movie, The Northman, and I will just give people an idea of the tone with this photograph right here. This is you raiding a village. There it is. It's and a light, fun comedy for the whole family. <laughs> it is. It is. There's uh, it, You mess up that village real good in this scene. You also produced it. Um, how long did it take to produce... Uh, these, the abs we know you have, but these, your, your traps, man, these traps up here, it's like you got two sourdough loaves up there. <laughs> Was it just nothing but shrugs? You know, how long did it take to get the traps? So, we should have just, like, glued on some sourdoughs up there. It would have been way easier. Right, <laughs> yeah. That's extraordinary. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I just had to kind of carry rocks around for months, like, boulders around. This, this, this movie is, uh, it's, um, it's a revenge uh, thriller... Musical? Mu <laughs> mystical. I was going to say mystical, because it's mystical, because yeah. as we were saying backstage, one of the things I love about this is that it really takes, like, Nordic mythos seriously. Yeah. And the point of view of this character and what his responsibilities are to revenge his father. I'm not giving anything away. Yeah. You revenge Ethan Hawke, your father. Yeah. Uh, that's in the trailer. He, they take that very seriously. And the gods have a part in this in yeah. their own subtle and yeah. organic and naturalistic way. What was it about this story that, as a, you're not only starring, you're a producer, why is this it, sto story so important to you? Well, it was, I, I really wanted to capture. I'd never seen that on a, on a big screen. The, uh, Norse mythology come to life. Yeah, and, they're Viking movies, but they're all very kind of well, glossy. Well, the, the idea was kind of to try to capture a, the supernatural elements that are fantastical and supernatural to a modern-day audience. Um, the, 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 the goal was to, 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 for people to feel transported back in time and see the world through Amlet's eyes a thousand years ago. So all these scenes in which he gets... Um, we have to fight a seven-foot giant skeleton or he gets uh, picked up by a Valkyrie to take him to Valhalla are supernatural and crazy to us, potentially, but to him, it's 100% real. Not, uh, everything makes sense to him because it's like, these are stories he's been told since he was young, so there's no reason for him to question it. There was no such thing as a, uh, a Viking atheist, so 
that was kind of the, the, the goal in trying to, to capture that. We have to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, I will ask Alexander if there is any particular uh, prop that he has taken from his latest movie, The Northman. It uh, might surprise you. Everybody, we're back with the star of the new movie, The Northman, Alexander Skarsgård. You, you shoot a lot of this in Iceland, which is like a time capsule of, of the Nordic world. Yeah, I in mean, Northern Ireland and Iceland. Northern Ireland and yeah, Iceland. Yeah. It, it looks very chilly, this shooting. There's a lot of, like, I've been in the water up in Iceland. It's really cold. They show you guys <laughs> wading ashore yeah. in Iceland. What yeah. was... Because you're, you're wet a lot in this movie. Yep. What, how, was it, was it a pleasant shooting experience? <laughs> I was uh, wet, muddy, and bloody for seven months. We all were. And wow. It's um, the director, Robert Eggers, um, he believes in very immersive filmmaking, so. Sure, The Witch, The Lighthouse. Exactly. Ex extraordinary, transportive movies. He, he's incredible, he's incredible. And all these sets were built, uh, it's all about authenticity and historical accuracy. So the sets were built a year before we started shooting by Viking historians, experts, like some, to make sure that the longhouse, the longship, everything was 100% um, uh, authentic. Um, but that also means that when you're in that, you're um, you're immersed in that world. You're sure. you're not on a sound. What did the set nice smell like? Warm. What did the set smell like? I was just curious. Um, death, basically. <laughs> death and and feces. Out. Can you tell us what's going on in this... Horses, uh... guys, horses. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us what's going on in this clip right here? This, this is a very dramatic moment. You're, you're screaming at some people. Yeah, I'm about to avenge the death of my father. And you, and you, yeah. you say your father's name, uh, which is, has got a sort of a heraldic name to it, too, and, and, and your name as well. What, what's your character's name? Uh, Amleth. But the full name is Amleth? The Beowulf. Björnulfur. Okay, I love it. I love and, those and Nordic yeah. names, man. Aurvandil uh, Warreifen. Yeah. That's your father. That's my old man. That's fantastic. Yeah. It would have been great if his name was Bob. <laughs> Bob the Builder. Yeah. I'm here to avenge the death of my father, Bob. <laughs> Jim? I am Amleth the Bad Wolf, son of King Arvand and Warraven, and I am his How is an actor? How do you keep from blowing out your voice? I on did. That? I was just about to tell you. Oh, like, really? I, I believe this was the first take because I only think we got one take with my with the voice. Like I, I guess I didn't engage my diaphragm <laughs> correctly the first time, and I so you just turned it up to eleven. Yeah. So the second time we did it, that moment I step out and I'm uh, and I go, I am omelet the devil. I'm little vegetable. <laughs> and they're all supposed to look like terrified. Sure, yeah. And I see everyone behind camera, and I go oh. like, I am his minions! And they're like, <laughs> No, I understand you took you took one item from 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 the movie. And there's some beautiful uh, props, beautiful swords. Nicole Kidman got a sword. Yeah. I believe Willem Dafoe got a long ship, the yep. whole the whole ship. You're kidding. 
I might be, but I think it was actually yes. what happened. Yeah. I think. Um, and I have a Björk, Yeah, she yeah. got um, three Icelandic courses. Wow. Um, and and you, I, I have got, a picture here of what you can you describe <laughs> describe before I show to the people what is it you decided to take as your souvenir? It was it wasn't a choice. It was a gift. Oh, okay. What That's am how I much about they show? valued my performance. What am I about to show? <laughs> my contribution show to the these movie. People. Uh, this is um, well, it, it's um, it's a thong. A, a blood-soaked. <laughs> it's um, it's a g-string that yep. I wore for the the end fight takes place on a an, an erupting volcano. And your clothes just burn away. I and guess. we're naked. Yeah. yeah. Um, Again. I mean, where else would it be set? Exactly. Naked <laughs> and, sword um, fighting. So that's what I wore for a week, um, and my character's um, quite yeah wounded, so yes. he's bleeding a lot profusely. So that was my my rack, rap gift. I'm glad this isn't scratch and sniff. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I just took my pants off now and I'm wearing them? They're <laughs> good ratings. <laughs> good ratings. Alexander, so lovely to see you. Always a pleasure to see you. Up next, Jack White. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest tonight is a 12-time Grammy Award-winning musician you know from the White Stripes, the Rock on Tours, and his record label, Third Man Records. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jack White. Good to see you. How are you? Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Too. Really appreciate you coming by. It's always nice to have you here, and I know you don't do these interviews very often. Uh, the contractually uh, tax-related obligation once a year. No, yeah, I understand. Was, this is all deductible. Yeah, this is all deductible. You get to deduct your hair. Yes. <laughs> yes I, I, hope so. I like it. I really like the hair a lot. Thank you. Yes. You know, if you stick out your tongue, you got red, white, and blue. Your American flag. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or a French flag. You know. <laughs> How you been? I've been really good. Really good, man. Yeah, you've had yeah. some big, big doings lately. You surprised a lot of people the other day. Uh, I explained uh, a little over a week ago. You surprised fans and your girlfriend uh, Olivia Jean by proposing to her on stage. I did. Yes. Here's the photo of you doing that, proposing, <laughs> and then minutes later. Yes, moments minutes later, later yes. getting married right there on stage. Yes. <laughs> was this was this a long term plan, or you just went like, let's go for it? I thought as, as the day was going on, if, if a day had some left turns, maybe it wasn't the right day, but the day kept going so well. I figured it was a good time to you, do it. You started the day, you started the day, and I watched this too, yeah. playing a little slide guitar national anthem at the, the Detroit Tigers That's game. right, national yeah. anthem, and that yeah. went okay. And How'd then the team do? They won the game, that was another good sign, right? There so, you go. So as, as if, the they, kept if going. they had popped out Ooh, to right yeah. field, you wouldn't yeah, have married right now, what was what you're saying. <laughs> well, well she uh, was Olivia Jean surprised. He's very surprised, yeah, yeah. Very surprised. So, wow. uh, and um, luckily, our Ben Swank, who works at Third Man Records, he's also a minister oh, wow. uh, of uh, some church on, on the internet. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> he was backstage, and I said, hey, I asked her, do you want to get married now, or do you want to wait? She goes, no, I'm right now. This is a great day. Sure. So, she, she, Here's she, actually, I've actually met Olivia Jean before. We actually <laughs> made a record together. That's you, me, and her yes. 11 years ago. <laughs> I remember that. We all look very much That's the right. same. Yes. We have, she's the only one who hasn't <laughs> changed. Yeah. Now, for musicians, uh, in in lockdown, kind of tough because you know yeah. sometimes the you feed off the audience. You, you were away from the audience, but it was a really 
it was a it was a really creative time for you. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. We'll get to it in a minute. You, you've got two albums coming out this year, but yeah. at first you didn't do any music, right? No, not at all. I, I thought we didn't know how long the you know lockdown was going to be, so yeah. I thought, well, there's no touring, so I kind of thought, oh, I don't want to write songs and then they don't come out for a year and a half or something. I thought maybe I will have already moved on in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I thought, why don't I just take a break? It's been a while since I took a break from writing, so I did so, that. So instead, you made furniture. <laughs> I did, yeah. I yeah, you are. Furniture, yeah. And what, uh, if I got this right, what some people may not know is that your your album Third Man Records is because your family's upholstery uh, shop. When growing up, you were the you were the little man. You were the third man. Who I was come the third man on my street. Yeah, third uh, man on your third street. Third man street to do upholstery. Yeah, which okay. is kind of shocking. Yeah. yeah, it was Clint Muldoon and then me, and it was also Ferdinand Street, so that's kind of like third man uh, Ferdinand, and then uh, yeah, it's a, it goes on and on. Oh, so from this there. wasn't a family <laughs> thing. This was competition on the street. Competition, yeah. Competition. Who could be the okay. best? Yeah. Upholstery. All right. So what are we yeah. looking at here? It looks like a church pew. Oh, this is this is it's just from actually, well, it's from a Masonic temple, and actually it's more it's more sculpture than. Furniture, really. It's it's called My Sonic Temple, and you can actually plug an instrument in and perform through this piece. It has. Can you sit on it as well? You can sit on. Nobody would know. I think nobody would sit down and would just think it was a bench. But it, you can also play through it, and it has some mysterious uh, things it does to the signal. Mm -hmm. It's uh, my friend has a studio that's built in a Masonic lodge in Kentucky. Well, that's cool. And no it was windows. A gift to him. Yeah, of course, no windows. Yeah. Right, because you can't see what's going on there with the aprons and the Omni Dominis. The yeah, Illuminati exactly. meetings. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. A vegan Blumenkrafton. <laughs> exactly. There you go. And then what's going on here? This looks like oh, a lounge yeah. chair for Bumblebee. What's this, going on? Yeah. <laughs> this is called the Warrior Chair, and this was uh, I was trying out an idea. This is from my I own a, a baseball bat company in in Texas and. You own a baseball I co-own uh, a baseball bat company called Warstick, and I built this for our new headquarters. And um, this is interesting because this is the first, uh, this might not have been done before, but I put uh, uh, netted bags inside the arms, and it contains the pieces of uh, uh, ash wood and uh, oil from leather, from gloves, things that revoke the smell of baseball. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. when you sit down on the cushion... You know, I'm uh, getting into some deep upholstery uh, esoterica <laughs> here. It, when you do sit down on the cushion, you release air from inside the chair. Like if you sit in an old moldy or someone's been smoking cigars in it, you smell would smell it. it. So this would be, a, its scent is released every time you sit in it. So. so you're at the ballpark. Yeah, a little bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's, and, and baseball bats are made of ash, right? Yes, uh, maple or ash. Yes, right. Maple or ash. Yeah, yeah. I'm an ash fan. I'm an ash. I'm an ash man. <laughs> I heard that about you. I didn't want to ask. So. Now, your, your label, Third Man Records, is doing some interesting things. They're putting out an unreleased Prince album. Yeah. What is, right. what is, what is, what, first of all, if people don't know, you put out, you're like, you're the name in, in analog and vinyl these days. Mm. You, but you went all in. Yeah. on analog and vinyl, and yeah. it turns out to be, you know, everybody wants things put out We made a vinyl, vinyl record with you years we ago. We did. That's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's great that we own a pressing plant in Detroit, and um, it's wonderful. And, uh, yeah, the, the uh, what was the original question, though, before the question that? The Prince album. What are you putting out? Oh, what is this? Yeah, yeah. He's a pretty good musician. Yeah. <laughs> I hear good things. Yeah. So what's the album? It's called Camille, and it was a record he made under a, a feminine sort of avatar. He, was, he had sped his voice up on the tape machine using very speed tape, and he sped his voice up to sort of sound feminine, and he was going to release a whole album under this guise of Camille. And he got on the, uh, the presses. It was all the way done. It had labels. It was, it was going to be sleeved, and at the last second, he changed his mind and pulled it off. Presses oh. and told Warner Brothers to cancel the and whole no project. And no one's heard this album. Uh, it's slowly, the songs have been released over time, but the mm -hmm. actual album as a whole, as a piece together, wow. has not been released. So we're. Did you ever work oh. with him? Did you ever ever meet him? I met him one time. Uh, uh, yeah, at a, it was an, at an after party for this thing, and mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, he was incredibly nice. It was, what did you guys nice. talk about? Did you guys talk about guitar playing or anything like that? We did a little bit, yeah. He told me no one will ever tell you how to play your guitar, Jack, and uh, that was really solid advice. You know? No one will ever tell you how to play your guitar. And don't let anyone tell you how to play your guitar. Okay. Exactly, this is the actual words, yeah. But, wow. Have you ever let anyone tell you how to play your guitar? No. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Pod Show, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.